The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carboro, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the Hillsboro Tourism Board. Low on gas and near exit 164 during normal business hours? Visit Hillsboro. Learjet, introducing our new Sommelier Interior Edition with wine cellar and monogrammed ice bucket. Fly high above the indolent rubes in a Learjet. And River of Life Lutheran Church, reminding you to ask yourself, are you the reason why Jesus came? Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Electrifyingly spine tingling episode of the Wine Fellers ever. We celebrate, get ready, the one year anniversary of our show. It has truly been an amazing feat. Nobody would have, in their wildest dreams, ever predicted that Mark and I could go on the radio and blather thoughtless wine gibberish for 52 weeks straight, but somehow we were able to prove all the haters wrong. Joining us, during the second half of this show, for our anniversary celebration spectacular, will be none other than our good friend, Alex the Wine Guru. This week, Alex will help put the sparkle in our wine with what else? Champagne. During the first half of the show, we're going to get to the vital, up-to-the-minute wine news, and we'll also listen to some new ill-considered songs from the Winefellers Musical Archives. All on this week's subversive episode of The Winefellers. But first, it's time for us to take listener calls from people just like you. Of course, we can't get to everyone, but please call the WHUP studios at 919-296-1169 with your wine questions. And as Linda lines up those calls, let's open some champagne! And wine, y'all. And wine, y'all. <laughs> hey, Joe. Oh. How's it going? 
It's going great. It's good to see you. It is fantastic to see you. Mark, you know, normally anniversaries you get the your significant other a gift. Yes. Well, I didn't get you anything. Ah, uh, well, I didn't get you anything either. Nice. Good. <laughs> All right. We're on equal footing. We're going to celebrate the occasion nonetheless. I know. I can't believe that we've been on the air for one year. I, I feel like we fooled somebody <laughs> because we have no business having a radio show, but somehow we have one. And uh, <laughs> but I've enjoyed coming here every Monday for 52 weeks to say hi to you, Joe. <laughs> we've just been showing up. You know, we'd say we're running a radio show. Right. But it's really not, it doesn't take that much dedication. What we're really doing is telling people that we've, we've gotten together and, and, and consumed alcohol so Joe and I for were, a year. Yes. <laughs> the way this uh, show started, Joe and I were looking for a way to legitimately <laughs> drink wine once a week and just you know have no one really <laughs> pester us about it because we're on a radio show, dude. So uh, that's what we got to do, and that's, that's how it worked. I out. thought for sure within a year someone was gonna you know call shenanigans on this whole operation. I know, but luckily it hasn't happened yet. But you know, Joe, what you're looking more fit than usual. Oh, well, uh, Mark, thank you, but before I really can talk about anything, okay. I need to drink a little alcohol. Okay. What have we got for this wine tasting to start the show off? Sure. So we have a 1987 Mum Reserve Cuvée Napa, and uh, it's a really delightful, it's not really technically a champagne because it is from mm. California, so we have to call it a sparkling wine, Right. but it's a champagne uh, nonetheless, and it's a really, really nice uh, drink. And uh, Mark, cheers. cheers. Yes, very good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very nice. Mm. But I think what I was saying was, oh yeah, that's getting better. Is that you're looking? You're just yeah, too, you're looking fit. I mean, thank so you. My understanding is that you are doing. You're into yoga. Is this, uh, is this correct? Well, into yoga is one thing, and having to go to a yoga class your wife signed up for is another. Okay. And so I fall in that. Second category. Yes. Turns out it's actually a lot of fun. So, so totally, it's an intro class. Okay. All right. And uh, I'm so happy to be going there. It's a good thing to do. It's very meditative. And does everybody wear spandex or how does this no, work? No, no, Mark. This is so. <laughs> this is a very easygoing yoga class low that key I'm involved yoga. in. So okay. low key. And you know, I wear some sweatpants. All right, you know, thank goodness. I think everyone thanks <laughs> thanks me for not me, Joe. I yeah. want to see you in spandex. <laughs> well, that's right. A few episodes ago, you saw me actually nude here in the studio. That's right, and I got used to it. <laughs> but I think you would prefer the spandex. Sure. Okay. On the on the range of of clothing options for me. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm doing this yoga class. I don't know if you know this about yoga, mm-hmm. but it is a very meditative at least i find it to be meditative activity mm-hmm. that focuses heavily on breathing your own breath mm-hmm. and can't you do that normally yeah this is mark i'm not gonna <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm not defending it i'm just saying what i'm doing gotcha right and so i'm there and it's an hour-long class mm-hmm. and at the end of the class mm-hmm. There's this very soft music playing, and it's very relaxing. Nice. And we, we sit in a very comfortable pose for maybe five or ten minutes, just breathing in and out with, nice. the, with the lights off. Good. You start to lull yourself to sleep. In fact, some people, I, I haven't seen it happen, but the instructor told us, some folks can fall asleep during this 
part of the class. That sounds good. So I'm feeling so relaxed, Mark. And this is a small class. Mm-hmm. It's maybe six, seven people, mm-hmm. and plus the instructor. Mm-hmm. It's a very small room, okay? Okay. And, and so you come to this part where you, you are laying on your side. You're oh so relaxed. And as will occur from time to time when you are very relaxed, you just let the largest fart of your life rip. Oh, no, Joe. <laughs> oh. Now, oh. <laughs> I handled it like, oh. like I learned to in grade I didn't school. I see where the story was going. You just, you just <laughs> turn around and look at the person behind you. And blame them? Exactly. Good. It did not work. I'd started to yeah. turn around to blame someone, and what who I saw sitting there was my wife with this look in her eye like I'm going to kill you. Oh, yeah. And so I, I can't blame it on her. And you're not walking around, so you can't do the crowd dusting trick. Oh, no. Oh, no, this was no. just, it was like a, a, a French horn going off. Oh, that's terrible, Joe. <laughs> so, you know, you asked. Wow, that's embarrassing. I mean, so you're going to go back to the scene of the crime tomorrow, I guess, huh? It's a once a week thing. I've got just like two or three classes left. And I just Well, you're a trooper. You really you're a better man than I am. Very good, Joe. Yeah, that's that's my yoga story. I don't want to dissuade anyone from trying this. No. That, w- that won't happen if, to you. If you go to yoga, try to get all of your farting oh, done before you before goodness, the class Joe. starts. Oh, good. <laughs> I did not see that story going. There. This is just after <laughs> the the instructor's reminding us to don't do so that when, <laughs> when you go to a yoga class make sure you don't come in with any extremely scented perfumes or anything that might evoke strong sm- smell response <laughs> and then i'm just like Bwank. does that count <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. oh i felt horrible i mean i felt great i had to fart yeah but, but i felt out. bad for them well, nah, <laughs> they can handle. Oh it. my gosh! Now, now, since we're uh, we're we've opened our champagne, which is very good. We're drinking. We're telling stories. Yes, I've been meaning to ask you about one of your favorite pastimes, which I believe does not involve any farts whatsoever. Yes, um, and this is you've become somewhat of a, an urban farmer, Mark. That's right. I am sort of a uh, become a, a chicken aficionado for some reason, and uh, <laughs> my wife and I now uh, we uh, raise uh, chickens and uh, we for eggs, and it's a really kind of a cool thing because we never knew how much fun it would be to have chickens, and they all have different personalities, and it's a lot of fun, and uh, if you've listened to the Weinfellers before, you might have heard uh, me sing a few songs about my chickens, because we have one chicken <laughs> named Salmonella Heidelberg after the uh, the uh, virulent disease, of course. And, <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> and then right. another is named Giblet. In that's giblet. my favorite one. But the best is to give someone free eggs and say, "Hey, this this these eggs are from Salmonella," <laughs> and uh, you know it looks a little weird. But we got we couldn't hold off. We bought three new chicks. Oh boy! We got three new chicks yesterday, and uh, we're really excited. And uh, one of them, we named uh, Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> because Jennifer and I are currently watching the uh, Netflix series uh, uh, Narcos, which is really oh yeah, good. that is a good one. I've yeah. seen that, and so we thought that would be he. This chick looked like a uh, just sort of looked like an Escobar. Just uh, I love it, and it was always trying to escape. And so we thought that would be a really good one. And then another one, a more of a delicate one, we named Tata, which is uh, you might know this is Pablo Escobar's wife. You've got your whole little uh, Netflix series going on at home. <laughs> yeah, and we're <laughs> naming chicks, and it's everyone's having a great time. That's good, Mark. It's the one year 
anniversary super spectacular episode. Oh, nice roll. Yeah, that was for Pablo Escobar right there. Very good. In, uh, in Radioland, so we hope you are all having a good time. Mark, I'd like to propose a toast. We've got our party hats on. We've got our party favors out. And uh, Mark, this is just two dudes giving a toast to us. Cheers. Great, Joe. The good Mark. To all those straight dudes out there. It was raining that morning down on the BLVD. I saw you dancing there like an extra on MTV. You were the liars. I was going in for the kill We're just two straight dudes Just chilling at home Got the candles lit And the music on And the music on Carrie, North Carolina. Carrie. You're not going to believe it. Uh, we've got 
if I'm reading her notes correctly on the screen here, Wheeler McLeod. All right, great. Calling from Cary, North Carolina, um, who Linda says, as she likes to interview these people a little bit before they get on the air. Thank you, Linda. S- thank you. <laughs> says uh, that uh, Wheeler happens to be listening to us via our newest and proudest affiliate, oh. WRLY Oak 93.5 in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's right. We're on in Raleigh now. Now, uh, Wheeler, are you there, our good Raleigh friend? Hi, fellers. Hey. Hey. How you doing, Wheeler? Doing good. First off, let me just tell you, I'm so excited that I finally get to listen to you all on the radio instead of on iTunes. Oh, well, we're glad that you that you made it on, I think. And as we get on more <laughs> radio stations, I think uh, it's cool that more of our listeners get to take the leap to yeah. their actual radio. Yeah, we're not we're not asking for uh, Weinfellers to be uh, shoved into the ear of every American, uh, but it's kind of cool that our listeners actually want that. Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> so what so what's your what can we do for you, Wheeler? What's your what's your question? Uh, well, here's my first question. Yeah. Is it wrong that I am more excited about the one-year anniversary of your show than I am <laughs> about the one-year one marriage anniversary? Oh, oh boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, the shorter answer is yes, <laughs> and the long answer is Yes. <laughs> uh, man, this this one-year show anniversary thing kind of uh, is just taking off, Mark. It is, and it, it just kind of sprung up really quickly on us. We didn't even realize it was our one-year anniversary until I uh, got a beautiful card in the mail from Joe, and then it said, oh, my God, it's a one-year anniversary, and that's how, how I knew. No, Wheeler, you need to keep this excitement for our anniversary uh, buried. Deep, deep down inside of you. That's right. And uh, buy your wife some nice flowers or chocolates or whatever it is uh, she wants. <laughs> and ship us some too. Yeah, there you go. But do you do you uh, do, as a thank you? We, yeah, I guess all, we rarely say that. People generally shower us in praise, and we just go on with our business. But do you, do you have a another question, or is that the uh, main gist? He did say first question. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking second question is on the way. What is it? I do have a second question. That's this. <laughs> My wife and I are hosting a party this weekend, and we're inviting about 30 people. Uh, Now, we want to serve some nice wine, Uh but we don't really know how many bottles to buy. Is there a good rule (laughs) for us to go by? Well, I have mine, and Mark has his. Well, first off, what is your credit limit, (laughs) and how much weight uh, can your car carry safely? Well, that's that. Joe has a point. You know, one thing. There's one actually uh, overreaching rule about buying wine for a party, and sadly, it is no matter how much you buy, that's how much they'll drink. They're going to drink it. Mark <laughs> has thrown parties. He's had boxes of wine. I mean, we're talking twenty-four, forty-eight bottles of wine. Right. And the moment someone, people have this innate ability not only to enjoy alcohol. But since when some is being offered for free in the vicinity. Yes. And they and, sniff it out. And a sense to stay around at that party till three o'clock in the morning until they're sure it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that's good, Wheeler. Uh, hopefully this is a nice anniversary party. Um, but, and you got 30 people coming. Mark, honestly, how many yeah. bottles does he need to have? So here's kind of the rule of thumb. Uh, one regular size bottle will give you about six, four ounce glasses of wine. Now at a stand up, so this is, here's the deal. Here's a party foul that most people are making that they think about it in terms of how many bottles of wine to buy per how many people are attending. But the real question is how much wine does a typical drink per hour? That's the question because- uh, a regular size bottle will give you about six, four ounces glasses of wine. 
and a typical guest consumes consumes about two glasses of wine per hour. I can I see the he, br- he wrote this equation, equation on a uh, on a chalkboard here in the studio. That's right. I'm going to show you. And that. we're working through it. We're working through the through the equation. So this means you will likely go through one bottle of wine per hour for every three people, or roughly ten bottles for thirty people. But that's one hour. So if you have a party going on for another hour, mm. add another ten bottles of wine. Just go go buy four or five hundred dollars worth of wine. If you don't drink it, which may or may not happen, or you can do what I do, and when I have parties, I have them from seven to eight. <laughs> Come at seven and yeah. eight o'clock, the party's done, <laughs> and then I only go through exactly ten. Out bottles. with you, yeah. That's great. Mark throws <laughs> tremendous parties. They're an hour long, but they're insanely fun. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Because it's like, guys, we have one hour, and I have I have 60 I, cases of wine. We better get drinking. Go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wheeler, thanks for your call. Uh, enjoy the um, uh, anniversary uh, party with your wife, and uh, you know we'll just throw a second-year anniversary celebration next year. We'll make sure you're here in the studio celebrating with us. That's right. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. You're listening to the Weinfellers one year anniversary celebration spectacular. So don't go anywhere. The news is next. The Petricker in the dawn. As the dew fades and the marigold blooms With all of its shades I awake from the still By the lit cascades But only to be faced With the brigade of hand grenades Now that I'm here and you I'm colliding into a large hadron I'm off course at the end of a race Wondering whether I can keep If I can keep the pace When I felt your touch I knew Sonder exists But now I'm peering down into a vast crevasse Now that I'm here and you are gone I'm colliding into a long 
Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the news, does a fountain that provides an endless flow of wine sound like the stuff dreams are made of? It's now time for your fairy dust delusional fantasies to come true. Are you concerned that Major League Baseball teams are sending the wrong message by celebrating a World Series win with champagne? Well, you'd be right if that message happens to be don't drink champagne. That and more right here on the news. The news. Fire was discovered, Joe, about 6,000 B.C. by our, our Stone Age ancestors. Amazing. The wheel was invented about 3,500 B.C. in Mesopotamia. It took them long enough. Sliced bread was invented in 1912. <laughs> and in 2016, the 24-hour wine fountain was invented. A true accomplishment of the human race. Unbelievable. You no longer will be forced to suck down plain old tasteless water when you find yourself out in a public fountain without your trusty <laughs> wine thermos. The 24-hour wine fountain is here. It's a fountain that gushes forth an endless stream of red wine for anyone who passes by anytime for free. How have I, how am I? Just learning about this. An unbelievable. Story. Where where is this? So the fountain is actually because I'm gonna radio is gonna go silent here in a minute as I jump in I my know, car. I know. So don't get too excited yet because the fountain is actually located in Italy. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. At the Doris uh, Sarchisi Vineyard, uh, the owners note that this is no publicity stunt. The vineyard is located uh, along a popular prim, prim, a pri- pilgrimage oh, trail. Mark. Excuse me. Yeah, hey, how's that wine treating you, buddy? Where thousands travel each year from Rome to Otana to visit the remains of St. Thomas. So the owners of the vineyards... Ah, uh, yes, a beautiful, beautiful uh, trek. Yes, beautiful. I've done it many times. Well, there's an endless wine fountain along oh, the way. Yeah, this is, of course. <laughs> Let's go. Owners of the vineyards said that they don't want their fountain to become a place for drunkards or louts. Oh, yeah, so give it away for free. This is a great but idea. This, but this truly is an amazing story. Well, yeah. Well, what's a... (laughs) Okay. First question. First order of business. Number one, uh, you consider the cost of running something like this. Now, in Italy, you know, I remember uh, when my father traveled there as Mm -hmm. a young man. Mm -hmm. He saw all these people riding around on these uh, Vespas with empty, like... One gallon jugs, five gallon jugs, plastic jugs, just tied to their motorcycles, uh-huh. and you would go and fill up uh-huh. the, your your jugs at the same pump that gave you gas with wine. And it was just a, it was straight up, it was just wine, and it wasn't like, well, what kind? It was, it was just, just red whatever wine. Whatever was at the gas station. So, so yeah. I could see they have plenty of wine. Right. So it's probably cheaper there, and it, it, I could see how that could work. And if you have enough. You know, uh, people walking through the path and they want wine. Just everyone continuously fills up their jugs and canteens or whatever. Now, Does, now, okay, Joe. Yeah, this would not work in the United States. Well, that's what I want to. You know, we were talking about litigation. You, the lawyers get involved. You, you may as well have it right next to your razor blade fountain. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just thinking of like you know. 
eight fraternities say, hey, let's go camp out near the wine fountain. And then, you know, it's just It crazy. just takes a couple bad apples to ruin it all, Mark. Yeah, it just, people wouldn't be able to handle themselves with free wine flowing all the time here. It's a good thought, though. If, if, <clears throat> let me get this straight. If wine is just in a free-flowing fountain, yes. okay, I'm so curious, do they constantly add new wine to the fountain or... You know, and and also for sanitary reasons, right? But also, how long can wine stay out in the open without going bad? Or, you know, does the alcohol level in wine kill any germs that someone might, if someone has a cold? I know, like, vodka would, right? Yeah. But what about wine? Well, my understanding is that the wine, the wine continuously flows. So once it flows, and if someone doesn't capture it, that wine's gone. Oh. It's just like a free-flowing water spout. Of wow! I know it's amazing. Truly, think about that. So <laughs> it's blowing my mind, Mark. That's a. It's either. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's a very small fountain. Well, they like didn't a say. water fountain, a free flowing like a water fountain on the side of a wall. I would something. like to fantasize and think it's about like Old Faithful. <laughs> and in my mind, that's what it's like. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> that gives me a better image as well, Mark. I can't talk about this anymore because I, I just know. want to be there. We're going to get them on the phone next week. We'll get the wine spout. Let's get the water wa- fountain. Let's get the people. wine endless water wine fountain. Okay, we'll Good. get them. All right. The second story. Yeah, tell me. The baseball playoffs are here, and that can mean only one thing: celebrating, <laughs> celebrating grown men spraying each other with champagne inside clubhouses. <laughs> Ever wonder, ever wonder uh, where this tradition came from? Uh, <laughs> tell me, Mark. Well, it came from the 1955 World Series after the Dodgers beat the Yankees. Okay. But back then, they used beer because champagne was just too darn expensive, and uh, baseball players didn't have enough money to buy champagne. So they're just spraying beer everywhere. Yeah, they did. So fortunately, last year, huh. Major League Baseball sent out a memo to all the teams on the verge of clinching playoff berths no. outlining the guidelines for post-game celebrations. Oh, please. They just suck the joy out of the entire sport. No, they didn't. You will see. So the first, <laughs> so this is the memo that was sent out to all the teams how to handle themselves with the champagne. Number one, teams must have non-alcoholic beverages available on hand for players who don't drink. <sighs> Yeah, that's a good. That memo. sounds like tons of fun. Okay, number two, Major League Baseball now imposes a limit on the amount of alcoholic champagne to two bottles per player per celebration. Why even call it a celebration, Mark? Because that's this. This uh, the lawyers have probably coined a term like post win, you know, emotional <laughs> r- relaxation with possible alcohol consumption event how about this then number three champagne should be used primarily for spraying and not for drinking oh please (laughs) this is almost worse than all of your uh uh, north korea stories number four beer is permitted in post-game celebrations but champagne is encouraged as the drink of choice and clubs should remind their players to celebrate responsibly Okay, how about this then? Number six, clubs should make sure alternative transportation is available. Uh, no, number seven. Teams, You're skipping all around here, Mark. Yes, no, teams are not allowed to take alcoholic beverages onto the field and spray the fans. Look, <laughs> I get it. It's a business. They're making money. Uh-huh. And all it takes is one you know, uh, cork to go firing out of some bottle, right. hit a baby in the head, 
and then cause an airplane to fall out of the sky. Well, you, All right? you, have a, you actually have a really good point because uh, in 2004, the Red Sox were the first team to wear eye protection when they, <laughs> I guess the kidding, God, when they opened up the champagne bottles. And David Ortiz was the first player to wear swimming goggles. To open a champagne So bottle. he didn't have cork going on. <laughs> I don't make this up. This is a true I just see story. the attorneys sitting there with their little bags of goggles and fire retardant clothing. <laughs> I know. It's I mean, unbelievable. This is getting out of hand, Mark. What about this one? Players are not allowed to spray minors with champagne. <laughs> That's in there. Oh, my gosh. After working all day in a coal mine, you can't get a little relief? <laughs> it's, it's Oh, Miners. Miners. Not miners. My, like kids. Oh. What about min- miners? Well, what about. Uh, like coal miners? Yeah, dude. I was oh. like, these people have gone too what far. What are the coal miners doing in the. <laughs> well, what about underage miners? Yes. As in coal miners. Yes. Yes. No, they can't be sprayed either. Please. <laughs> That's horrible. Miners. I don't. <laughs> I. <laughs> Sound, it sounded just as reasonable as everything else. The goggles and the gloves, yeah, oven funny. mitts. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm yeah. just I'm completely irritated right now, Mark. Well, and before any post game celebration begins, teams should be allowed enough time to move move furniture out of the clubhouse and cover up floors and walls with plastics, plastic or tarps. <sighs> it's all the fun. So it's this gone. This it's completely is, gone. This is what celebrating with champagne has become like in the major league. Baseball. Yeah, you were just saying we would never have an endless wine fountain in the United States. Yeah, no way. Could you imagine the attorneys? Yeah. Major League Baseball wants to have an in. They all they want to do is open a bottle of champagne. I know. He comes along with a forty-page contract. I know. Unbelievable. All right, look, we're going to ask more of these questions to our next guest on the show. Can't wait. Uh, don't go anywhere. Alex, the wine guru, is coming up next. Right here on the wine fellers. He is the carbonation in your mountain dew. He's the Brunswick in your stew. He is the fiber in your poo. He's the horse in your glue. The answer is Alex, the wine guru. Honorary wine feller. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I can't believe it. Alex. (laughs) Oh, it is a pleasure to have you here, Alex. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here for the first year anniversary of this uh, wonderful, wonderful (laughs) radio show. We had to have you on for the one year uh, anniversary. You were like basically started it all with us. You are our guru. Oh. Our spiritual leader when it oh, comes well, to wine. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. He is our spiritual advisor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Where are you going to be taking our souls this uh, this fine afternoon? Well, we're going to put a little sparkle in your wine. Nice. I like so this. So we're doing champagne. <clears throat> and to get right off to it, because we have a lot to cover, a uh, little background on champagne. Uh, first of all, champagne is to be served cold at about 43 to 48 degrees. Hmm. Nice uh, and chilled. Which is really one of the coldest wines temperature wise for serving yeah uh you want it ice cold um so basically how do you get your champagne 
really cold. And this is actually a good practice for people who are wanting to get white wines. Like they didn't plan to put it in the refrigerator. Okay. And they need to get it cold in like, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. You make an ice bath. So it's 50% ice and water. So the water itself creates this envelope around the the complete service area mm-hmm. of the wine bottle, and then we'll chill the wine down. And I've seen restaurants could do you, that. Could you add some salt in the water, almost like you want it even colder, like an ice cream maker? You know, oh, you're trying to make Bud Light one. taste better. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to drink the wine, the champagne, yeah. not make it into ice cream. Well, or slushy. That would be a yeah. slushy. Right. That would yeah. be a slap a the wine, bag a moment. Right. Yeah, it's a slap the bag <laughs> moment. Okay, so right to the name Champagne, yeah. the Champagne winemaking community under the auspice uh, of the Comati uh, Interprofessional Duvin de Champagne, that's as good as I can do I it. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, has developed a comprehensive set of rules and regulations for all wine produced in the region and to protect its economic interest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sparkling wines are produced worldwide. But most legal structures reserve the word champagne exclusively for sparkling wines from the Champagne region. So if it's if it's champagne, it has to be from France, and you can't be drinking champagne uh, if it's from California. Correct. Okay. Even though it's kind of the same thing. A lot of them are produced in the same style. Got it. So we can talk about the style real quick. Please. How do you get the bubbles? Right. So in the traditional method by which champagne is produced, after primary fermentation and bottling, which would be like your still wines, um, they go through a second alcoholic fermentation by adding um, basically uh, some more sugar and some more yeast. Okay. Then they put a crown cap on which is basically, you know, like your beer cap. Yeah. And it goes through its second fermentation. Hmm. So that's where the bubbles come the from. The bubbles come from the yeast yes. eating that second, second batch of sugar. Yep. Nice. Huh. Yes. Nice and bubbly. And, the, and man, do they make a lot of it. Uh, yes, they do make a lot of it. A lot of champagne. Uh-huh. Well, well, and bubbles. And bubbles, too. <laughs> well, champagne is you know one of my favorite uh, drinks on the planet. And yep. I know it's one of Joe's, too. So yeah. we're... This is like a perfect match, really. Oh, this it is, is wonderful <laughs> stuff. It's, and it's, you know, it's actually the more, it's the most versatile wine out there. How so? You can pair it with anything. Uh-huh. Um, so today we have, um, you know, we have mac and cheese. Ooh. We have egg salad. We have brie cheese, corn dogs, popcorn. <laughs> I mean, let's get started. It's just crazy. Oh my gosh, this sounds so good. So I know you want to just as a quick thing. Everyone asks these questions about sweetness level because they really get confused about yeah, sweetness yeah. levels. So basically, extra brute, okay, is the driest form of champagne. It contains less than six grams of sugar per liter. So if you see extra brute written on a bottle, that means it's, it's, it's a dry It's as bone dry champagne. as you can That's get. what I like when I'm making a mimosa. Oh, good. Okay. Is the dry champagne. Some Extra people brute. like to do it more like in a demi-sec or a sect mm-hmm. level. So then if you back off, you have brute. It comes after extra brute. Extra, extra, mm-hmm. extra brute. Uh-huh. And that's less than 12 grams of sugar per, per liter. Okay. Then wow. extra dry has a touch of sweet, and that's between 12 and 17 grams of sugar. Interesting. Sec is between 17 and 32 grams of sugar. Yeah, I haven't seen too many secs on the market. You don't see them very often. Uh, then you have a demi-sec. So the demi-sec you do see a fair amount of. Mm-hmm. That's between 32 and 50. 
And last but not least is dew, which is 50 grams of sugar per liter. That's pretty sweet. <clears throat> That's very sweet, but you know, you don't even see it in the U.S. Hmm. I don't, I've never seen it in the U.S. No, so. I've not even heard the term before now. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we can jump right in. What's, I mean, we've got to taste some of this stuff. So, yeah. actually, for once, we are going to have some cocktails. Let's nice. do it. Yes, we're not going to do the traditional tasting of the Guru Dose. We're going to change it up a little <laughs> bit. All right, let's do it. So the this, first, is a, this is a good change up. Yes, yeah, so I the like first this. is a classic champagne cocktail. The champagne shines through in this classic with a hint of added flavors from bitters and citrus peel Ooh, um, and a little sugar cube. That. Many variations of this recipe are served at hotels and bar- uh, bars worldwide. So the ingredient is one sugar cube. Mm-hmm. And you soak the sugar cube in bitters. Nice. Mm. Then you top that off with um, champagne and then a twist of wow, lemon. Great. So this what is this and, called? And this just uh, it's just a classic champagne cocktail. And wow. these these um, what we're going to taste today are mostly aperitifs. So this would be really it interesting. Smells wonderful. With bitters. So. so bitters and then the lemon peel. Oh wow. Mm. Oh wow, that smells Whoa, fantastic. That's good. I love it. I can drink that all day. Mm. Oh my gosh, Couldn't Alex. You? I am having um, a religious experience that's here with, really a, with our guru. I'm not kidding. That is that's actually wow. really that's top notch. The, that's, su- the sugar in there. That's that's uh-huh. neat. I like that. That's that's oh, look um, at that. And the bubbles are just coming right up. They're sticking to this citrus peel, and it's just not only is it a delicious drink, it yeah, is beautiful. a beautiful looking, fun, exciting drink. Why am here. I not drinking this on Sunday morning? I don't know. This is actually really, really refreshing. Actually, to me. I think I'd actually prefer to have this. I mean, mm. you swirl it, you'll get the sugars. The, wow, the sugar see that cube. little that sugar cube is just sitting there at the I bottom. Think, wow, that's really good. I think this would be, I don't know, there's, I don't know, I can't even explain all the flavors. It's a really complex beverage for yeah. something so simple. Yeah, it just, uh, it sounds, I mean, it, when you taste it, it seems like a lot more complicated than what your uh, was actually in there. So uh, this would be a great drink to serve to party guests, I think. Well, you know, could you do this as like a replacement <sighs> as mimosa? Oh, every oh, day of in the a week. Second, you know, yeah. because I'm not. I, I'm not. While a mimosa is great and fine and wonderful and all, uh-huh. it's just there's always, especially if you're using this orange juice that it comes from right. Tropicana and it's sure. just sugar water, and it's not like freshly squeezed orange juice, mm-hmm. which I it kind of just. It's overpowering. This is much. More this is very nice. delicate and delicious. And now, it's like a party in my mouth. Now, if you want to, if you want it to be a mimosa, instead of do the lemon um, peel um, for zest, use orange. Oh right! I bet Brilliant. you would just be. That'd I mean, be that too. would knock it. It's so much. It even has kind of an orange. Like the bitters yes. is pulling through some. Yeah, that's nice. Some orange peel. So what? Are, what are we trying? What are we uh, trying? So this with? we have. So we have mac and cheese. Ooh, uh, mac and cheese. You could try it even. I'm curious to know what the brie cheese would be like too. Well, I got, here's the brie. See, Just think, try it all. I think. I mm-hmm. think the brie. I'm going to go with the go with the, the guru's recommendation yeah. there. The brie that goes really nice because it's a, kind of a light cheese and it doesn't overpower the champagne at all. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, that's just wow. I eat this for dinner. That's, that's really refreshing. Good. That's actually we are eating this for dinner, Mark. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that gives it that. Almost that, just a creaminess to the drink, that because you've got the flavors, but right. then there's also this texture that 
translates carries over from the brie yeah. into the wine the breaks it up nicely mm-hmm. very good the creaminess pairing. of the cheese and the wine oh yeah this is definitely like a five bottle cap uh, wine fellows recommendation this, this is, is this officially for me has replaced mimosas as my favorite oh, well, i think it's more before. flavorful it's lighter it you don't feel weighted down by the orange juice the Mm-mm. sugar Mm-hmm. Even though there's just one sugar cube in there. Yeah. yeah. So if you're just joining us on the Wine Fellows, we have Alex the Wine Guru, and he's making cocktails out of champagne, and it's wonderful. And the first cocktail we've had is champagne, sugar, it's- bitters, <laughs> and a lemon peel. And it's yeah. just called the classic champagne cocktail. cocktail. I love that. You know, I've been to a lot of places around the world. Um I've never seen it, but mm-hmm. they say it's served all over the world. I'm just, it's, yeah. I'm impressed. This well, is a first I can see why. That's great. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's wonderful. So what do, we, what do we got next? So next, we are going to do a very classic uh, French um, aperitif, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the, the Cure Royale. Hmm. So it has champagne, about a half an ounce um, of creme oh. de cassis, and a lemon twist. So, um this is very, very classic French. Oh, very aperitif. dark. This is a very dark uh, looking cocktail. Tell, here. tell me the ingredients again. I, I missed that. It's uh... so it's um, it's uh, champagne mm-hmm. or a sparkling wine. Wow, that's good. Sure. Um, creme de cassis mm-hmm. and a lemon twist. A lemon twist. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's really good too. This is. Mm. I don't know how it's aperitif. It's, it has a sweetness to it. Wow, that's nice too. These are great drinks. Oh, wow. <laughs> Alex. Why am I not drinking these? Just hats off to you, my friend. Yeah, these are really and that, good. And that, you are expanding my, my horizons right now. You know, yeah, I d- as your spiritual leader, <laughs> yeah. or spirit leader, there you go. That's right. I do enjoy my spirits as well. <laughs> I gotcha. My spirit feels led, though. I mean, this is really... I mean, it, this, it, is, yes. this is what I'm looking for in a religious experience. Yeah. Well, you know, if they served this uh, in church rather than just... Um, the wine, normal wine, I bet uh, you'd get a lot more people going there. I'd sleep there. This is great. This is yeah. really good. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we have another cocktail, um, which we can give a, a moment, a rest. Well, and should, I can talk par- a little, you want me to talk a little history real quick? Or? Oh, sure. But I see other things that we should compare it with. I didn't know. If, uh, I, see, I see some egg salad. Is that I mean, the, you can, you can, we can try it. We've got a little egg. bit of everything on we the have a, here. Exactly. Let's try it with a little egg salad. Mark, you got it. You got to try, you got to just kind of oh, taste what moves you here. Oh, good. Let's see here. Mm. You know, I'm thinking that, uh, not the egg oh salad. my god! It's really dill. Yeah, the dill just yeah. kind of just good. That's good. Powers. I like it. Now, I think that I I just I don't even know where to start right now because wow. this whole thought that champagne can be used as a primary ingredient in cocktails is really blowing my mind. I know. You always think of champagne as just you pop the cork and everyone at the wedding gets a little champagne and their little flutes. Right. And, and you go and you just drink it. And it's usually not very good champagne. Exactly. And, but this is top notch. And, and when he was making the drinks out of it, I mean, just it's just so good. Do you have a favorite champagne, Alex? Um, I like uh, Pomery. Yeah. Uh, Krug. Krug mm-hmm. is, is honestly, that's probably my favorite Champagne is Krug. Yeah, I love Krug. Is that too. right? Yeah. Now you know Joe. Yeah. So Joe and I won't drink uh, Cristal anymore, and the uh, reason why, yeah, right? I is, remember this is because uh, so Louis Roger uh, uh, founded uh, Cristal in 1876 for mm-hmm. Alexander II of Russia, and but in 2006, the managing director of the brand implied that he was not happy with the effect of us rappers 
Joe and I, mm. and uh, uh, were having on his Cristal brand. And so uh, he uh, dissuaded uh, uh, a hip hop artist from drinking it. And uh, so uh, we didn't like that. So we don't we don't drink Cristal anymore, Joe and I. Well, that and and it's pretty expensive, Mark. Yeah, well that too. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to Krug. Yeah. Go back. Uh, to yeah, Krug. yeah, yeah. Now look, guys, we have. I'm not sounding any alarm here. Yeah, okay? let's do the next one. We have like a good seven, eight minutes right now okay. to to just enjoy the rest of this. And I love always ending the show with a rush to consume all the alcohol laid before us. I know. Okay, okay. So we've got time. Relax. So mm-hmm. do you, um, uh, you know, I can go into... Whatever, whatever works best. Whatever, yeah, it's all good. I mean, we can, this last drink, I'm going to need some glassware, guys. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna oh have, you're going to actually have to make shake. something. I actually have go. to shake this, so I'm going to step yeah. away from the mic for mm-hmm. one second. You guys oh, can yeah. fill right. in for me. Sure. Okay, so Alex, he's got a, uh, he doing there? He's got a little uh, shaker over there. Mm-hmm. We've got ice involved. We have got, um, I'm seeing, oh my gosh. Nice. This is going to be good, Mark. Got a shaker? Good. Mark, you know. Wow, uh, this is, this is. This looks really complicated here. Oh, that's just a wonderful sound. I love that sound. It's a great sound, Mark. Yeah, that's like the sound of of uh, victory. You know, um, I'm salivating all of a sudden. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. Now, if I can just... Yeah, yeah, here you go. Yeah, get uh-huh. that there. I'm going to have to pour these evenly um, because champagne yeah. does not Mark, go that uh, far. Here a we bottle, go. See. There you go. There you go. There we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Okay. Wow. You're getting a nice little, and this is just. I can't wait to see what uh, this is. This is like a mystery drink right now. I have no idea what this is. I know. Wow. Mark, this looks neat. Hey, Mark, look at me, man. We should do this more often. We should do this every day. And we should, pre- even when we don't have a radio show, we should pretend we're having a radio show and just do this. You are, as we've said, listening to the Wine Fellers right now. Mm-hmm. We've got Alex, Alex the, the Wine, wine guru. guru. He's on right now, making, uh, I guess, leading us. To a path of enlightenment. I know. As, uh-huh. I do feel enlightened. <laughs> okay. So he just handed us our third drink. Wow, I love this. Okay, so this one, uh, this is called the French 75 cocktail. French 75 cocktail. Okay, so what this is, is uh, it's gin. Wow. Yes. Simple syrup, <laughs> lemon juice so into a shaker, good. and then you shake it up, drop it in a cocktail glass. It's been chilled. really good. <laughs> and then you top off this beautiful delightful beverage of of pure ecstasy with a little bit of more ecstasy maybe nah. champagne wow so that is, uh, i'm uh, smelling this is a this is a nice. salute oh to uh, the salute. one year anniversary oh yeah this hey is, cheers I guys i couldn't think of a better anniversary gift Alex, than to have these yes. Mark, champagne cocktails many this more years wonderful. to come for us and our listeners enjoy and cheers mm. okay so so if um so how do we make Holy this smokes. Isn't that good? <laughs> that is freaking delicious. Yeah. yeah. So let's walk through our listeners how to make this because this you got to make this tonight. This is a really, really good drink. Go out of the store, get what you need, do it. Yes. Uh, the liquor store is open till nine. <laughs> yes. So basically, in a shaker, you're going to pour some gin. Uh-huh. Um, and you, oh, gin. I just. Wow. Oh, yeah, gin. I just live off of approximations. So how, about how much? Mm. Just for our so if we're gonna do a single if we're gonna do a single drink, I would say like a jigger of um, gin, jigger gin, a half a jigger of simple syrup, nice, 
um, half a jigger of lemon juice. Nice. And then you shake that. Okay. With ice? With ice. Mm-hmm. Pour that in a glass that's been chilled down. You know how to chill a glass. You oh. actually, you know, you throw ice in the glass, mm. fill it with water, it'll chill the glass down. Oh. And then you dump it out. And then you and dump it chilled. out. Then you pour this wonderful concoction in, and then you top off the beverage with some champagne to uh, add some sparkle and a little depth to it. Mm. Kind of, you know. Right, you don't want to shake the It cuts the up champagne. some of the sweetness as well. Right. And uh, you garnish with a lemon slice, and there you have it. I'm telling you, this is one of the most drinkable things I've ever consumed oh, in my yeah, life. Yeah, well, mine is gone. Oh, it is. So, you wow. know, I mean, that that was just absolutely delicious. So, Joe, of the three drinks, what would you say is your, of the three ones we made tonight, oh, what were the, your Mark, favorite ones? you had to ask me that. Okay, so we're talking about the French 75 that we just had. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is... I mean, and just let me just tell you, I'm a gin guy, okay? So, so uh, that's really doing me right. You got to yeah. do good gin to do this drink, though. I, I think don't so. think you cannot skimp on the gin. You're, you're talking about, I can't use my Gordons at home. No, no, what no. What no, gin no. do we use for this? So, this is Uncle Vale's Botanical Gin. Nice. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, so, you know, if you did like a Bombay, I think you'd be all set with that. Um, mm-hmm. I, in well, good shape. I also, but, anyways, go ahead. I think that it's a close tie. With the first one, the classic champagne cocktail. That's what I'm. I'm gonna just go with that. The first one. I mean, I just it's so light and it's just so easy to drink. And there's simple ingredients in it, but it just gosh, it goes so well together. I just love it. Mark, you have um, some uh, uh, alcohol in a glass over there that you're not drinking. I have right here. Yeah. 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 What about that other one right there? Oh, you can have it. Oh, great. I mean, oh, really? <laughs> go ahead, Joe. Are you sure? Yeah, you can have it. I'll just try a little bit. You of know, it. well, for a one-year anniversary, happy anniversary. Oh, Mark, <laughs> hey, you actually did give me a gift. I gave you my leftover. I I have a Bless. used plastic fork here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Uh, look, as as the years go on, yes, and we learn more about the best drinks in the world, mm-hmm. like the classic champagne cocktail. Mm-hmm. I think we should do uh, a show just on yes, the classics. Just uh, yes. Yeah, you should come on. You should do like a wine guru around the world. Well, spectacular. Yeah. Oh, good pronunciation. You like that? Nice. By then, we'll be up to a two-hour show. <laughs> I think we might need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, um, this has been tremendous fun. It has. And, and you've made our one-year anniversary perfect, well, Alex. Thank and you. once again, you must promise that you will come on the show again. Yes. Did we make you promise before you leave? Because that way, you can't say no. No. Uh, that's right. It's <laughs> recorded. That's smart, it's Mark. Recorded, that's smart. And we will have Alex on again, the wine guru. And uh, you have been listening to the Wine Fellers. Alex, thank you so much thank for joining us today. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy
my bottles and told of the nectar of the vines Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Run, 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 run Run, 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 run. Let's have some fun, 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 fun. We'll drink, 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 to drink, 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 to drink, drink, drink. A toast to the sun, 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 sun.
listening to 